This is Adam Gorney with the Respect My Decision podcast this week, joined by national recruiting analyst Nick Harris. And Nick, like you wrote this past week, this is flip season, and there's a lot of stuff going on in the region, Texas, Louisiana, Oklahoma, a whole lot of guys moving all around and stuff. And, and let's start you know, with two of the biggest news stories of this recruiting class, Anthony Hill first decommitting from Texas A&M. And is this a lock for Texas, or do you think this gets a little more interesting? Yeah, well, first off, it's a it's a really big uh, decommitment just in the fact that he is a five star. He's the top ranked defender in the entire state of Texas and could very well make a push to be the number one overall player in the state of Texas before it's said and done. Uh, but looking at his decommitment and, you know, and talking to sources, it, it came as a result of you know some conversations he actually had with Texas A&M players. So. Um, you know, that's that's definitely it kind of speaks to a lot to where that program is at right now. But kind of looking around at some contenders that, you know, could come into play. Obviously, Texas is the immediate front runner. I've already entered my future cast in favor of the Longhorns. I think he's going to draw this out closer towards signing day, but I just find it really hard to believe that he ends up anywhere else other than Texas right now. I can see USC, LSU and Oklahoma trying to push for a visit later down the stretch and maybe get him in for uh, a visit in December during that December visit period. But uh, all of my money right now is probably with Texas. Yeah, that's an interesting comment that he talked to Texas A&M players and then decommitted. So I don't know if he was talking to Denver Harris or Chris Marshall and those guys. I, I, don't, I don't know who he was talking to. Um, but certainly there are issues in College Station. I think you see it every week. I think Jimbo's trying to figure it out and it has not been going well. Um, so, so that is definitely interesting. I do wonder, uh, before we move on here, if this is the end of the decommitments from Texas A&M's recruiting class, you know, there are rumors around David Hicks Jr. about Texas trying to get involved. We'll see how interested they are. Maybe they're just trying to, uh, pick at the pieces a little bit. Bravion Rogers with LSU. There's some rumors there. What are you kind of hearing about the class in college station? Because, it is, you know, frustratingly, they they put together that 2022 class. And yes, they're all freshmen and, and some of them are playing well, but they're still getting run through. Um, you know, they're, they're still not looking very good. They, they look horrible on offense and they look not great on defense. Um, that has to be concerning to some of these guys who really do have NFL potential down the road. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Texas A&M was selling that this season was going to be a breakout year for the Jimbo era, um, you know, even more success than they found in 2020 when they were able to make it to uh, the Orange Bowl. I believe it was when they played North Carolina. It was a New York Six Bowl. That's all I remember. Uh, but um, they were selling that this year was going to have even more success than that. Started the season ranked as a number six team. And then since then, it's just kind of gone downhill. Um, and looking down the schedule, they have to win out to even make it to a bowl game. And it's it's a tough road. They have to go to Auburn this upcoming weekend. They'll have UMass at home, which we would assume is an uh, automatic win. And then uh, home against LSU. So, uh, you know, winning all three of those games is definitely a tough task, especially given the context of the season and how, how it's gone. And, you know, recruits have definitely taken notice of that because it's not what they were, you know, told uh, as to what would happen this season. And um, there hasn't been much development with players. And most of that freshman class is – you know, kind of been all over the place as well. A couple of them are even off the team. So, you know, kind of a lot of concerns just around the uh, the program when talking to recruits. Uh, you mentioned uh, Bravion Rogers. LSU is trying to get back into the mix with Bravion. Uh, if uh, viewers remember, uh, Bravion decommitted in the summer uh, right before the season and then eventually ended up recommitting to Texas A&M early in the fall. 
but LSU is still kind of turning those wheels, trying to get him to uh, uh, make it down to Death Valley, as well as Javon Thomas, who's the, uh, the corner from Dallas South Oak Cliff. He's been out all of his senior season, but it looks like he's going to be able to return for his uh, uh, playoff run with South Oak Cliff, which is really exciting for you know, just kind of Texas high school football fans in general. But talking about his recruitment, LSU and Alabama are definitely trying to get involved and try to push him away from Texas A&M. And as of right now, he's listening. So, uh, And you mentioned David Hicks as well. Oklahoma has been working since the day he committed to Texas A&M to try to get him to flip. Uh, I mean, it came as a big surprise that he even picked Texas A&M to begin with over yeah. Oklahoma. Uh, but OU is still doing what they had to do, doing their due diligence with Todd Bates and Brent Venables. Uh, I think if they keep turning those wheels, I think they could eventually work towards a flip towards signing day. Yeah, uh, definitely. We don't have to pile on AM. I mean, everyone knows, you know, they're one in five in the SEC. Their <clears throat> their win is against is a two point win over Arkansas, uh, which just got smoked by Liberty at home. I mean, it's a mess down there. And, and Jimbo can say all he wants, and he can say his offense is too complicated. And you know, DJ Durkin has his own issues as a coach from back at his time at Maryland that I will not forget because it was just disgusting. Um, you know, it's a mess. It's a mess. No one listens to Steve Adazio on the offensive line. It's just a complete mess down there. And Jimbo's getting paid, you know, insane amounts of money to have that figured out. And it's it's ridiculous what's going on there. We can move on, though. Colton Vosick flips from Oklahoma to Texas. Texas legacy, you'd think he'd be a lock to Texas. He commits to Oklahoma. Is this because Oklahoma is struggling this season under Brent Venables? Is this because Texas wouldn't give up? Is this because he wants to play with Arch Manning and they're hanging out at restaurants and, and being boys? What, what is this? I think it's more of those latter two points, actually. Uh, you yeah. mentioned that he's a Texas legacy, but you know, going around the first time through his recruitment, he kind of mentioned that he wants to get away from home and, and see some different things and uh, Oregon and Oklahoma were the two schools that were at the top of his recruitment. If we go back to the spring, right before the summer visit period, and uh, they were kind of a runaway favorites, those two schools. It was going to come down to one of those two. Maybe Oregon had the slight lead at that point. But then going into his official visit season in June, Texas was able to work in a midweek official visit, got him in by himself. It was a solo official visit. They were, he was the only recruit on campus. And uh, that official visit went a long way towards what eventually happened uh, this week with him flipping to Texas. Uh, but even in his first time around with his commitment, when he committed to Oklahoma, that very same day, uh, defensive coordinator Pete Kwiatkowski was on um, Colton Vosick's line, uh, and they've maintained that uh, communication since. They've shown up to multiple games of his. Um, and even last week, uh, right before he made the flip this week, he snuck in for a, a practice visit, which wasn't reported anywhere. He didn't want it out anywhere. Um, he was very meticulous about how he wanted this uh, thing to be reported and how the flip kind of came about. But he came in for that midweek practice visit last week, and that was what eventually started get to getting the wheels turning and what eventually happened on, uh, what was that, Tuesday. And, you know, Arch is having a great senior season, but he's also sort of recruiting behind the scenes in his own Arch Manning way. Like he's, I talked to Deuce Robinson's dad about this, and that he said that Deuce has the best relationship out of any of the quarterbacks of the schools that he's looking at with Arch Manning. And it's not out, uh, out front. It's not just constant, but he is getting a little Instagram friendly with trying to be a little more forward uh, in recruiting guys. How's that working? And, and it does seem to be resonating with the guys that Texas wants. Yeah, and this has gone back to um, when this current class were sophomores. Uh, I mean, Arch Manning has been developing relationships with guys that he's wanted to 
uh, team up with for a long time. And the, the word that I've heard from multiple recruits is authentic uh, and, and just kind of how he approaches his relationship building. Uh, he's, he's really solid with it, almost as if he was a recruiter. I could see him being a college coach way down the line and uh, recruiting guys to whatever school he is at. But um, that's been really big for Texas since he has committed to Texas. Uh, with Anthony Hill, he has been on his line as well. Um, for a long time since they made that visit to Texas back in that would have been June of uh, 2021. So, uh, and then Colton Vosick, they have a really good relationship that has been built over uh, the last few months. Uh, whenever uh, Arch came in for the Iowa State game in mid-October, uh, Vosick made it in, which for Oklahoma commits, it's a no-no to go visit other places while you're committed. And uh, he made the trip up to uh, DKR and I chopped it up with Arch, had a really good conversation with him. So Arch has been doing a lot behind the scenes to try to, try to build this class for Texas, and I think it's helped them quite a bit. Let's move on to some other names because there's a, a tremendous amount of them. JV and Toviano. Now it feels like LSU is almost a lock here. I saw some video of him like waiting to storm the field last week and he was pumped up that they beat Bama and all that kind of stuff. Then he's visiting Texas this week. So what's going on there? And again, here's a kid that is very difficult to read just because he doesn't talk a lot. Yeah, absolutely. If anybody tells you that they know exactly what JV and Toviano is going to be doing, they are lying to your face. But uh, yeah, he's he's a tough one to read. And I, honestly, that's credit to JV and he keeps everything close to the vest. He tries to throw reporters off. He tries to throw fan bases off. Uh, and so I, I, I question the word lock when it comes to LSU. But when when these kind of recruitments do come around, the best uh, intel that we can get is from uh, you know, other sources and also his actions. He's made two trips to Death Valley this season. Uh, that's more than any other program he's visited. Um, and he's he's had really good interactions with the LSU staff on those visits. Uh, there's actually a video uh, that's been circulating on Twitter of him having a three minute conversation with Brian Kelly before the game uh, on Saturday. And then obviously the video of him storming the field uh, after they beat Alabama. So LSU has obviously done a, a lot in this recruitment to uh, emerge as the front runner, uh, but they're going to have to weather off some uh, contenders down the stretch. You know, uh, Toviano has a couple of OBs that are uh, open. Um, he's going to take an unofficial visit to Texas this upcoming weekend. And then I wouldn't rule out him returning to Texas for an official visit down the line. I don't think Texas is a, a, that much of a contender, though. I would put them probably third or fourth in that race. Uh, we'll see if these visits can kind of help move them uh, up the chain. But uh, as I as I see it right now, I like where LSU is at. I have a future cast in favor of LSU. I think he eventually ends up signing with the Tigers. Yeah, a lot of credit to Brian Kelly and what he's doing there. There were so many questions about if this Midwest guy who spent his whole life there can come down to the South and recruit and do all these kinds of things. And, you know, he's he's done a tremendous job. He beats Alabama in year one. He has the cojones to go for two to win the game. I mean, that could have been very deflating if they didn't if they didn't score there. It wasn't really an incredibly inventive play either. And, and they still you know, they still scored and beat Bama. Um, you know, I think he's been doing a tremendous job there uh, recruiting in, in the state, obviously. But but recently going to Georgia for DJ Chester, flipping Christian Brathwaite. So very good job for Brian Kelly, who uh, has been on our signing day show. So obviously I have to give him credit for that. Uh, Peyton Bowen. Now let's talk Peyton Bowen because... There are reports that he is going to Texas this week. There are reports that he's not going to Texas this week. There are reports that he's now locked in with Notre Dame after being up there for the Clemson win. What's the story here? Yeah, this is another one that's kind of all over the place, and it depends who you talk to, when you talk to that person. Um, 
But based on uh, the latest intel that we've been able to gather in the last couple of weeks, uh, well, starting with the Texas visit this upcoming weekend, uh, he initially planned on being in Austin for a Texas game against uh, number four TCU. Uh, but he had a family commitment that he kind of forgot about. So once he had said that he was going to visit, he initially he had to retract and say that he's not going to be visiting this weekend. We'll kind of see as uh, the days get closer. Maybe he's able to free up and make it to Austin. But as I see it right now, he will not be in Austin this weekend. Uh, but looking around at his recruitment, uh, Oklahoma and Texas A&M have been pushing for uh, much of the fall. But as Texas A&M season has kind of gone downhill, Oklahoma's has kind of rebounded since uh, their midseason slump. Uh, Oklahoma has kind of emerged as the front runner to flip him from Notre Dame. Um, Oklahoma is doing fantastic work in this recruitment. And, you know, based on despite that little midseason slump that they've had, I think the Sooners are still just as hot in this recruitment. Uh, granted, Notre Dame made a big impression this past weekend, having him back in uh, South Bend uh, for their win against Clemson. Uh, they're doing their best to try to keep him in the fold. I mean, he's one of the best defenders in the entire country that you can even speak to, Gordy. Um, he's had a fantastic senior season as well. Uh, so it's going to be it's going to be an interesting recruitment down the stretch. But if I had to put any money on where I think he ends up, I think he signs with Oklahoma on signing day. But I think it's close. Yeah, that's interesting. And and he and Caleb Downs are we we do rankings in a few re- weeks right before Thanksgiving and. No promises here, but they are definitely both on five-star watch. Uh, I think Bowen has been so good this year. Um, he hits. He's he's just phenomenal. And there are just guys in, in some classes that just make plays constantly. And, like, he's just unstoppable on that defense and is just pheno- a phenomenal player. And whoever gets him is going gonna, is gonna to have a really special, special guy. Two more guys, Kedrick Risano. Uh, the C is silent, uh, just for fans out there that are saying Riscano, um, who I think we actually have a little underranked. Uh, he has been very good this season, um, had been committed to Michigan State for a long time, went up there and loved it and kind of committed and then stayed committed. Now Ole Miss is trying to flip him, and you're like, Ole Miss, but you don't forget, Ole Miss is now basically a running team. <laughs> they, they run the ball more than they throw it. Lane has changed a lot of his philosophy there, um, and, and, and they have great running backs. So is Ole Miss the favorite here? Are other schools sneaking in? What's kind of going on with him? Yeah, I don't think there's quite a favorite yet, just because there are more schools that are continuously getting involved, and I don't think he's seen his last offer yet either. Um, kind of talking about some schools that have not offered yet, Texas and Texas A&M have made contact in the last month or so. Uh, he's built a strong relationship with both of those programs. It would not be, I would not be surprised to see uh, either or both of those schools offer in the coming weeks, and I think both of those would be pretty big for uh, Reesono if he wants to stay in the state of Texas. Uh, he took an official visit to Oklahoma State earlier this season. I believe that was for the Texas game, actually. Uh, Oklahoma State's involved in that recruitment. Uh, but as I see it with the schools that have offered, Ole Miss is probably in the best position, but I definitely don't want to discount Oklahoma State either. Uh, they've done a really good job of building that relationship as well. Yeah, that's another team. And, you know, a lot of Big 12 fans will be watching that this, but uh, that's another team that runs the ball all the time now. I mean, Mike Gundy has changed from throwing it every play and winning a lot of games to running it and really controlling the the tempo and all those kinds of things. I would, I, th- I think it'd be a very interesting conversation to have with Mike Gundy about how that kind of clicked and how his, his mentality on that changed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's definitely looking at schools, um, you know, first at Michigan state that we know is going to run the ball that is going to pound it behind a big offensive line um, to schools now, you know, closer to home, SEC, Big 12 schools, still interested in some others that are still going to run the ball a lot, and he's very, very talented. 
Let's move to 2024 really quickly. Colin Simmons. He has taken multiple visits to TCU this year. It seems like he has legit interest in that school. He's now visiting Texas again this weekend when TCU comes to town. So he's a double dipping a little bit, but then again, he's also one of the top prospects in the country. We had him number one in the class. Dylan Rayola is super special and looks like Patrick Mahomes, but Colin Simmons is friggin' good off the edge. Yeah, one hundred percent. One of the best pass rushers, and not only t- the twenty twenty four class, but in the entire country. Uh, had the pleasure of seeing him earlier this season against Waxahachie, which is a very good district opponent that they do have, and they have some beef up front. And uh, Colin was not bothered by that. He was able to get around and, and use a, a variety of moves to get to uh, the backfield. Uh, whether it be to the quarterback or to uh, any ball carrier that was coming out of the backfield. But looking at his recruitment, I I think there's probably a group of four schools that are at the top. Uh, You mentioned a couple of them. LSU, I think, is probably number one right now. TCU, Texas, and Alabama make up the rest of that group in no particular order. Uh, I think he's going to end up at one of those spots if I had to put money on it today. Um, But you mentioned TCU, uh, and this is something that I kind of found interesting when I learned about his TCU interest. And this was back in the uh, uh, back in the spring, I was at the South Oak Cliff spring game, and he just happened to be hanging around on the sidelines scouting his future opponent. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, you know, kind of beef between Duncanville and South Oak <laughs> Cliff down there in uh, the southern part of Dallas. And he's kind of getting some scouting and looking at some guys. And uh, I was like, hey, man, you got time for an interview? And he's like, yeah. And so we knocked it out. He was wearing all TCU gear that day, and he was just sitting there talking great things about Sonny Dykes and the defensive staff at TCU. And then obviously the season they put together, he's really liked what he's seen. So uh, I think TCU is definitely right in the square mix of this recruitment. He will be in Austin this weekend, and uh, Texas themselves are a contender. Uh, Their director of high school relations, Chris Gilbert, is also from the same area uh, of southern Dallas, and he does a really good job with bringing in a lot of those guys from South Dallas into the uh, uh, Texas class. Uh, Last year he was really big in the recruitment for Cameron Williams, uh, Devon Campbell, a Savion Red, a lot of Southern Dallas guys, and he's working to keep that going in 2023 and 2024. So uh, he Simmons has a really good relationship with him. But LSU, uh, he's taken multiple visits to Death Valley. He's really liked what he's seen from them this season. I think there's going to be a lot of kids from 2024 in the state of Texas that end up going to LSU. I think it's going to kind of surprise a lot of people about how Brian Kelly can, uh, can um, recruit from across state borders. I think it's going to be really interesting. Awesome. That is National Recruiting Analyst Nick Harris. I'm Adam Gorney, and that is the Respect My Decision podcast.